are we doing? Hope that we're all well. Welcome to episode 24. Episode 24 of the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions. So thank you. Thank you for joining. Thank you for those of you catching up on the podcast, catching up on replay. I appreciate you. Um, so today's interview session is coming uh, a little bit earlier and, and I usually adjust the times a little bit when we have guests from uh, around the world. And on this occasion, we are all the way from Brisbane, Australia today. So so my guest will be joining. It'll be 6pm in Brisbane, Australia, in the middle of summer almost, or, or getting into summer. And I am very, very envious of a bit of sunshine. I am in need of sunshine. I'm going to try and bring some sunshine, but I am in need of some sunshine. So hopefully my guest will bring plenty of that with her. Just send in a couple of invites. If this is the first time you've ever joined an Always Better Than Yesterday interview session, let me know that you're here. Um, drop me a, a red love heart emoji in the comments. Let me uh, jump in the conversation and appreciate you for joining. Uh, and as always, if you are a returning Always Better Than Yesterday interview session watcher, please do drop me a blue love heart emoji. Let me give you a virtual fist pump. Let me appreciate you. Uh, let me know that you're here. I just sent in a couple more invites and then I'll get cracking. So if this is the first time you've ever landed across an Always Better Than Yesterday interview session, let me just tell you what they're all about. It's all about helping you understand the habits and the mindset behind successful and inspiring people. And this is episode 24 and we've been very, very fortunate, or I've been very fortunate to spend time with 23 really awesome people over the last um, several months, the last six months really. Um, I've really loved getting to know um, lots of different people and um, their mindset and what makes them tick and um, how they learn and how they act. And for me personally, I truly believe that what separates the, the great from the good is the way that people think. Because I think the way people think will inform the way people act, which will inform the results that people get. So hopefully, out of every interview session, there's always something that you can take away in um, your own journey. And, and I hope that that will be true again today. And I, in fact, I know it will be true. Um, so today, I won't give too much of an introduction, but we are joined by Anna Kaczynski. And I described Anna as a world rowing champion and a purpose-driven entrepreneur. Um, and I'm sure those will be some of the things that we delve into in a minute, but I am going to bring her up. And if you've got any questions, please make sure you ask. And if you, yeah, if this, if this adds you value, then, then please share it. Hey, how are we? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. How are you? Very well. Very well. How's your weekend been? Just trying to set up this. Um, yeah, really good. I went away for the week, so I'm very refreshed and feeling very good. So you got me at a very good time. Yeah, thank you so much for letting me join you today. No problem. I've seen all your Instagram stories. I'm like, oh, man, where did you go? <laughs> that, that beach looked incredible. Yeah, we did like a big road trip all along the east coast of Australia. So I'm in Brisbane, which is sort of southeast. And then we went from there to... Ellie Beach and Mission Beach, which is quite far north, very top, gets a few cyclones, but beautiful beach at the moment. Yeah, it's probably yeah. the one you saw. We went to the Whit Sundays, which is yeah. pretty popular from like Finding Nemo. If you've seen yeah. that, that's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then back down again to Yapoon and Malulabar as well. So, yeah, wow. lots of beautiful places. Yeah, it was a really good week. Amazing. So we, we connected through Reese Anderson, didn't we? And Reese was uh, on, on mm -hmm. episode seven, 
so shout out to Reese. Thank you for, for bringing us together. Thanks, Reese. Um, I'd just like, um, if you can, just to introduce yourself and let people know a little bit about you, a little bit about your story. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not sure how into depth I will get with this. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, basically, yeah, so we met through Reese, and my story is about how I kind of came through this journey and into become an entrepreneur for my business, which is called Aspire Beyond Greatness. And what that is, is supporting youth to become the best version of themselves. And before I got into that, I was a young person and had to sort of overcome quite a few challenges. Uh, I felt like I really had to lead myself well because I didn't have a lot of leaders as a young person. Mm -hmm. And that was a really big part of, you know, why I wanted to start my business. Mm -hmm. And in terms of, you know, getting to that place, it was 14 years old that I started to row. And that got me out of the house and it got me into a position where I was doing something that I love. I met some amazing people and there's something about sport for me. And I think for a lot of other people, I think it brings a different element to people. You know, some it's the social element for some it's the, you know, for me, it was the nature and the escape from everything. And I think just being able to walk down the road, get in that boat and put all the frustrations that I had on the water. Mm. And for me, when I started, I wasn't great. You know, I'm sure I would have come last in quite a few races and um, was just trying to figure it out. But something about being on the water and just sort of learning more about that sport, it really just brought this element of relaxation and an element of, a community that supported me that I didn't have at home at the time. And I do mm. have that family now being able to connect with them. But at the time I wasn't able to sort of be in that environment. And I guess from 14, it took me four years of consistent and difficult training and, you know, a lot of losses and races, but, you know, wins as well. And I think, yeah, a big part of my message is just to stick with it, you know, because I mm. think, we get bogged down, especially, I don't know if other people out there sort of feel the same way. You might also be an ENFP if you've taken the Myers-Briggs. Um, but I'm very impatient and I, I love to just sort of get my goal straight away. And what I've learned from that process of the four years of training was that it wasn't going to happen overnight. And I did go to the Junior World Championships the year before that I won and I came seventh and I was on mm. oxygen after every race and I wasn't happy and that was challenging. And mm. so the next year I decided that's not the outcome that I want, you know, effort kind of thing. Mm. This isn't the result that I want. Let's go after it the next year. I am capable of this. And so, yeah, you kind of just put your losses to a side and go for it. And I hope to kind of explain a little bit more today about how that's possible how it was for me and also for other people out there who have, you know, really big goals. You can get there. It's just a matter of sticking with it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. There's, I've, I've written a few notes down. There's so much that I could just dive into. And I guess let's just go back to the very start. 14 years old. Um, and I think what you've, I've heard you say is that rowing became your escape. It was never the in, initial intention to become the best in the world at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I... 
Um, you know, I actually used to swim first and I did a whole lot of other sports. And, you know, if you know much about Australians, which, you know, I think you have a few in your community, which I love. Uh, they're very athletic people. We love being social and outside and we've got beaches and, and grounds and everyone's out there doing things. And, you know, I swam for a bit and I was training six, seven times a week, but I was hopeless. And, you know, all the boys would beat me. And I just thought, you know, this isn't the sport for me. I love swimming, but it, it wasn't what I sort of, wasn't my niche and then I got in a rowing boat and it was just so easy for me to kind of pick it up and find the right people and be able to I guess we all want to find something that we're good at and that's mm -hmm. that makes us we all want to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves I think that's a really big thing and so for me when I got in a boat and I was rowing it felt like I was good at this and I can be a part of something that's bigger than myself mm -hmm. so you talked a bit about um actually you met some amazing people. How did that help? Mm. So I think that, you know, we'd all love to think that we can do everything by ourselves. And even now being a solopreneur, it's a big part of it is just me wanting to carry this big backpack and walk around and feel like I can do things. But it's the people that I meet, you know, like you along the way and the community that you build that helps build up what you're doing. And mm -hmm. without those people, there's no way I would have done it because, you know, even recently I just ran my first marathon in Melbourne in October. And when I crossed the line, I wasn't thinking, oh, it's so great that I finished my first marathon. It was, where are all my friends who have been training with me all <laughs> these months? They're the yeah. people that um, were cheering for me at the end when I just literally was like screaming at people like, where's the finish line? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think a big part of it is just having that support because, and something that I tell a lot of youth when I talk to them and I mentor people and, and even just everyday conversations is you are going to have those bad days and they yeah. might be more frequent than the good days. And if you don't have that support network and people to build you up when you have those days, like a coach essentially is really mm -hmm. important, then how are you going to make it through? You could be the most mentally strong person out there, but without mm -hmm. a mentor or a coach, it's going to be really difficult for you to make it through. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And um, you talked about um, failures and, you know, coming seventh the year before being on oxygen. So you talked about like, you, you know, you had that moment in time where you were like, this isn't happening again next year. Let's set some goals. What, what kind of helped you with that? And was we, have you always been used to the process of setting goals or was that something that, you know, was new to you at that time? Mm. I mean, when I, the first year I went, I didn't really set goals and it's funny because I guess I kind of coasted in life through high school and things like that. Just mm -hmm. sort of, I wanted, I knew I wanted to do well, but I didn't really have goals. And I found mm -hmm. that at points in my life when I haven't set goals, that that's when I sort of haven't been consistent and I haven't followed through with the things that I want to do. Okay. But I think that after I came seventh, there was a part of me because the fact that we came seventh, actually our time, the result that we got, um, had we been, had we qualified for the A final, because when we came seventh, we'd missed out on qualifying for the A final mm -hmm. and our time was second overall when the A final times came out. So it was sort of just like a real kick in the guts, you know, mm -hmm. um, having known that we could have come second in the world, but we hadn't qualified when the time was right. And yeah, I guess the goal for me, like, so what happened was the second year that we went to world championships, I was with three girls that had never been before and they were really talented and mm -hmm. we fought quite a bit to make 
factual qualifier. Mm-hmm. And when we sat down with a sports psychologist, he sort of asked us, oh, you know, what's your goal when you go to the Junior World Championships in a few months? And they all just said, oh, you know, we don't really know what we're capable of. It's our first year. And for me, I just thought, guys, fuck this. I came seventh last year and it was bullshit. And this is honestly like the best group of people I've ever rode with. Yeah. And we're winning this year. Like there's just no doubt about it. And it was just this part of like the camaraderie that we had mm. and like the feel when you get in the boat and it's kind of like any sport when you know, it's going really well. And it's mm. just like, there is just no way that we could have lost. And we set, I think we set a junior world record and we also set, maybe it was an under 23 one as well. Cause we were only in under 19s, but yeah, it was just a surreal experience like to follow through with that. And mm. since doing that, I was able to go overseas and I've got, uh, three international degrees, which was a huge push. It wasn't easy at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I sort of, you know, I sometimes need to remind myself to calm down a bit with the goals, but <laughs> it is a good way to keep um, to keep moving forward. And yeah, a big part of it is helping youth realize that, you know, if you set goals that you can make it because when I was a kid, had someone told me you could become a world champion, I probably would have laughed at them. Mm. You know, I wasn't the shortest or the strongest or the most powerful kid. I had so many people tell me, oh, you'll never be very good at, you know, rowing, especially of all sports. It's like swimming. They want these like six foot three, massively Mm. tall, like Great Britain actually has a really good rowing team. So you probably (laughs) uh, see a bit of it. But yeah, they're just like these awesomely huge, like really athletic looking people. And I'm like a short, stocky kid. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's kind of just... Put your goals, you know, forward and don't worry too much about people that don't support you and what they think. Mm. Yeah, you talked a little bit about, um, you know, leading yourself. Like, how did you lead yourself through that time? Mm -hmm. Like uh, from becoming, from going from seventh to to first kind of thing? Just throughout your entire rowing period. Mm. I guess... It was challenging at times, especially as a young person, but uh, my sister also left home quite young and I think we were both very independent kids. And so I think you just kind of picked up on, I found a community and I stuck with it. And Mm. I knew there was something in my guts that told me from a young age that rowing was going to be there for me and that it was going to be something I could follow through with. And Leading myself has been a really evolving process. And I think that's something that I'd love to teach youth as well is like Mm. from the years, you know, as I've gone on, even from after I was a world champion, I thought, oh, I've sort of like, you know, gotten that pot of gold. What else do I need to go for? But it wasn't like that at all. Like that was a huge step for me. But then it was after that, I actually had a huge lull. And I was at TAFE in Australia, which is more sort of like a vocational college, like trying to get into university. You know, I didn't get the best grades in school, but I worked really hard. Like that's something Mm. I've always had is a hard work ethic. And I've learned skills along the way, you know, things like having a vision, um, having a vision board, having a picture for what I want to do. Mm. And when you look at that every day, you know, people, you know, people that don't have it might not understand it. But for me, it's been a big part of, seeing something every day because that's what happened for me I had a picture of a world champion on my training log and I looked at that picture every day for four years and when I was 14 that wasn't you know for me that wasn't something that I really I thought like oh this could happen but I don't know Mm. when and then as the years went on and the training got harder and I got stronger (coughs) and fitter and the opportunities came up 
it was just kind of like a no brainer, you know? Um, another thing to lead was just because there was a lot of drama and difficult things, you know, going even to university, it was in the U S that I went to university for six years and I had some family there, but I did do quite a bit of it. Um, it was a hard slog by myself and mm. I had, you know, family supporting me, but I had to keep reminding myself like, Annie, you can do this. This is for a reason. Like when yeah. you get your undergrad and you get your masters, this will open up opportunities for you. And I think that's the thing. Like I knew a lot of girls, you know, even the, from the girls who I was in the world championship crew with, and they've gone on to do some really amazing things. I've actually interviewed some in the podcast that I run and the thing is, um, you know, that for them, they were close to home and they didn't take those opportunities because they had other ones open up. But for me, I just thought my family doesn't have money. I haven't always had the best grades. So mm. I'm going to go forward and, and take those opportunities as they come up. And I think that's something that I would encourage young people too, is I think we're so scared of change mm. and we're so scared of the things that we don't know. Whereas why not just go all in and just do it? And if you yeah. don't like it, you can always come home and, you know, that, that place of, you know, the hugs mm. and the family mm. will be there for you. But if you never take that plunge, how are you ever going to know what's possible for you? So I think that's the thing is like, there's a whole world out there that I had no idea about as a young person, you know, both rowing and, and even internationally um, going to university and, and seeing so many amazing people and, and yeah, the support and the coaches and the teammates that I've met is just like, I just never would have had those opportunities if I decided to stay at home. Mm. But yeah, to lead myself was just a constant, like having that vision board, telling myself like affirmations, which I still have now. You know, I have little cards. I look at in the morning and even if it's just, you can do this today, yeah. something so simple you wouldn't think, but it's like, oh yeah, this is actually really possible for me. Yeah. What do you think it takes to be a great teammate? A great teammate. Oh, this, that's a, such a good question. And I think, so just to give you a bit of an example, I, the team that I went, that I was in at Syracuse University, there was about 60 women, right? And you mm. wouldn't believe, right? There's so many different personalities and people in that community. And you sort of think, you know, we had an amazing coach there. And he used to say, you know, with things like leadership, you have to lead yourself well first. And as a young person, they call it freshman and sophomore year, the first two years at university. And he said, in those two years, you're learning how to lead yourself. And in the second two years, you have to lead yourself well so that others can sort of follow your example. And, you know, I think when you're learning how to walk essentially as a teammate, you sort of, you're really good at following instructions and doing those sort of things. But mm -hmm. as you develop as an athlete and a person, you realize that, you know, I think questioning things is really important. But when I've had the best coaches and the best training programs, even in, you know, like I run now, I'm not like in the Australian team or anything, but I, mm -hmm. you know, like marathon training and stuff. When I trust in my teammates and my coaches, that's when I've always done well. And I think mm. that's so important is trusting in the process because if you don't, then you'll always be second guessing yourself and you'll never fully go all in. Mm. You know, you'll sort of think like, why should I work hard today? Why should I be slogging myself to the absolute limits if, you know, I'm not sure about it? And I think, yeah, trusting in people just, it's, it's funny because 
it doesn't have to be some big thing, you know, it's like the little moments every day and that's like relationships too, right? It's not that you wake up and you have to be this like, oh my God, I love you so much. (laughs) And that's like the best relationship. It's like the little moments where you're just like, how are you doing today? Or, um, you know, I I got a message from you, I think it was this week or last week and it was really nice. You just, uh, you're just checking in and seeing how Mm. the other person's going and that's how relationships are built. And I think that's what makes good teammates is, you know, I had a few when I was over there and I'm still friends with them now because, you know, whether you had a bad day or a good day or you wanted to get a coffee or an ice cream or just little things, they would be there for you. And at the end of a hard session, be like, was that a hard session? Yeah. Oh my God. Mm. Um, You know, I finished my first marathon in October and uh, one of my teammates, she ran hers as well. And, you know, we met up afterwards really briefly because we were both buggered and I just go, was that like the craziest thing you've ever done? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, do you think everyone here is crazy? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, are you just like so exhausted right now? Like, yeah. And it's just like those little moments, you know, it's not like some big, you know, we took each other out to some fancy dinner and spent millions of dollars. It was just like those little moments. And that's what builds, I think, good teammates and a good community as well. Nice one. I like that. So before we move on to um, hear more about your business, Mm-hmm. Is there anything else about your mindset that you think really, really enabled you to go from being, you know, this this fourteen year old that's just looking for something to take her frustration out on to being the best in the world? Mm. I mean, for me, everyone's unique, right? And I think every world champion that you meet in any sport or anyone who's gone to a top level has different things, but I think the one thing that they will have in common, and I I honestly really do believe this, is they have a growth mindset because you never stop growing. If you're evolving and changing, then, you know, that's a sign of the times. That's something Mm. that will get you there. And for me, when I started rowing at 14, I was a sponge and I would just walk around and I'd see people that were better than me and I wanted to be like them. And then when I went to university, I wanted to learn, I wanted to grow and I wanted to do more. And just something I've always loved is just education and having an open mind and mm. learning things from different people. Because, you know, every day I wake up and I, I look for you know new techniques that I can help youth and, and new people I can connect with and just opportunities to learn and grow. And I think that if you're doing that every day, it doesn't matter what pace you're at, you know, you don't have to become a millionaire overnight. And I know that that might be possible for some people. I'm still, you know, on my path working towards things with my business. But if you, if you are taking the steps to become better every day and you have an open mind and a growth mindset versus a fixed one where you think, you know, everything, then I think you're on track to do some really awesome things. Nice one. I love that. So let's talk about aspire beyond greatness. What does that mean mm-hmm. to you? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I actually came up with the name. I was, I met with a hypnotherapist about six months ago and, you know, the idea of professional speaking at first was kind of like, Oh, this is yeah, interesting. Like I'd love to share my message and I've loved to do it in sort of like athletic events, like end of year dinners and things. But I thought as a profession, um, how would I, how would I go at that? And, you know, over months of taking Toastmasters and having some talks uh, with other youth and now coaching some kids and things like that, I found that it is something that I, I love. And I think, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day by, I think it's Tim Bilyeu, and he was saying that being a motivational speaker 
you know, you shouldn't want to aspire to that, but rather you should aspire to be really good at a lot of different things and then use your life skills to bring that forth as a speaker. So I think something I'm sort of focusing on that I have been consistently for the last six months is the podcast because Mm -hmm. I've had so many amazing people that I've been able to interview and there's just like this like fire inside of me every time I hear someone's story and it just makes me feel that I'm not alone in the challenges I've had or, you know, the journey or even just how amazing are these people? Mm. You know, I mean, I know that we've all done some great things in our life, but I guess it's the different people that you meet along the way. So for me, the Aspire Beyond Greatness is about empowering youth to become the best version of themselves. And, you know, I fully believe that everyone should feel like a world champion when they achieve their goals. And I think, Mm. you know, just let that sit in for a bit because that's sort of a moment that you you want to have. Mm. And I guess a part of that is, you know, as we spoke about before, how did I leave? How did I become a leader at 14 years old? Well, I, I guess I wasn't really a leader. You know, I was learning how to become one and I want to teach youth to become that themselves because I think we rely so heavily on teachers and parents and the environment around us to teach us who we need to become. And society says, you know, women need to be this size and and men need to be good at this and smart and you need to go to university and do all these things. But there's a lot of university dropouts who have done amazing things. And there's just so many incredible ways that you can become a leader. And I'd love to be able to teach youth through coaching and workshops and speaking events, you know, and I'm still learning how to make that message the best that it can be to teach them how to be their own leaders because there's kids out there that probably think, you know, that they're not big or strong or their family doesn't have a lot of money and they want to be a world champion, you know, kayaker, swimmer, rower, whatever it is. And they just think, oh, that goal has been shattered because I don't have the same opportunities as someone who's tall and has a lot of money. No, fuck that. You can become those things. So you know, whether it's that I coach you and you learn them or, you know, you follow my page and get some tips, you can do those things. And like, just, you know, the process might not be easy. It might take a few years. And I guess when I was in it, I didn't really think of it. It was a no brainer. You just, Mm. you're going through those steps. And I think, yeah, that's something that I love for people to be able to, to resonate with that message. And it's not just youth as well. Like I think even adults, some of them, you know, we can lead ourselves better. And as Mm. the journey goes forward, I'd love to be able to help, you know, parents and other people that are learning as well how to, Mm. you know, lead themselves. Because we all have down moments and it becomes difficult, but it's about, you know, keep moving forward, keep setting goals and keep going after what you want. And, Mm. yeah, you need to have a drive. And I guess, yeah, patience is a part of it as well. Yeah, and... um... I mean, I've got quite a bit of experience now of helping people find their why, find their purpose. And just listening to you speak, hearing to your story, hearing your, you know, purpose as you describe it and some of the, you know, in, in the visual way that you're talking about, I can really sense that you are in the right space. You're, you're living your purpose. And I guess, how do you know that you're living your purpose? What, what gives you the kind of um, clarity that, that you are in the right space right now? Mm-hmm. I've been... I guess to to kind of do a full 360, I've been in a place where I wasn't happy 
and I've been in a place where I wasn't living my purpose and you know like had those moments where you're you know you're drinking too much and you're eating crappy food and you're overweight and you're unhappy and and you know you might not have a job and you're living on the couch whatever and I've been in those moments and I know what that feels like and it's it's fucking hard and it sucks and so you know when you're on top of things and you feel good and I think you have to take the steps to get there. But how I know is that I have a picture of my goals on a vision board and I have it in my room. I have it on my phone and my computer and I look at them every day and I see those pictures and there's a few different things that I think of when I look at them and it's about, you know, this is what I want things to look like in my life. But how do I want to feel when I get there? Because that feeling is really important and you have to stick with that. And then the other thing is, you know, what do you want it to sort of look like every in your everyday life? And I guess I know I'm on purpose because I have those pictures and I'm working towards them. But it's also that I'm taking action to make that happen, you know, because when I wanted to be a world champion at 14, I didn't just sit on my bum at home on, and watch mm-hmm. TV and just look at that picture and think, oh, that'd be real cool. Yeah, it'll happen. <laughs> Sorry. I trained, you know, four hours a day, every day. And I, I made that happen. And yeah, at first it was, you know, a few less hours and it was challenging, but over mm-hmm. time you see yourself getting fitter and stronger and you're getting abs and you're making faster times and you're meeting great coaches and people that are egging you on telling you you can do it. And it's just, it's a process. And I think it's the same for everyone in life. Like when you know you're on purpose, good things start to happen because you believe that they can and you're taking the necessary action to make it happen. Mm, I love that. So that sounds a little bit like being always better than yesterday. So obviously, you know, my business is all about, you know, being better than yesterday. What does that always better than yesterday mean to you? Mm -hmm. So when I actually found your group, I love that name, always Mm. better than yesterday. And I think it's sort of, it's kind of a double-edged sword for me a little bit because I think that, and I think you talk about it as well. So you always want to be better than you were yesterday, which I think is hundred percent possible. Mm -hmm. And even on those days where you sort of have a rough day and you think, Oh my gosh, like is my life on purpose if I am better than yesterday? And yes, it is because if life was perfect all the time, you would never appreciate those difficult moments. And I think part of being better than yesterday is recognizing when you have those difficult times Mm. and you can handle them so much better. You know, like I think you think a few years ago, if the same problems came up now, you would have had a really difficult time being able to cope with them. But as time goes on, when you have those difficult moments, you're able to handle them a whole lot better. Mm. And or being always better than yesterday is consistent action towards your goals and just keeping those goals in mind, but just cons- taking consistent action. And, you know, for me, it's been interesting because, <coughs> sorry, <clears throat> even this week, taking a week off sort of thing is on purpose for me because mm-hmm. I've hustled for so many months now and I'm still working towards my goals. But the thing is, you have to take that time off and reflect as well. And so, yeah, keep things in balance and be kind and be patient to yourself as well. Because I think 
we always think, you know, like the community, you know, we're always trying to help people and, and do everything for everyone else. Mm. But we have to be kind and look after ourselves and then we can give more to the community as well. Absolutely. What are some of the ways in which you're always better than yesterday? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've touched on a few. The mm -hmm. vision board is a big part of it, just making sure I'm working towards those things that I want. Mm -hmm. Having an affirmation for me is really important, a daily affirmation. And it could be something simple. I've got some tarot cards at home from this lady called Gabrielle Bernstein. Yep. And she does some amazing spiritual work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even if it's a quote on Instagram, something that, you know, inspires you, lights your fire, because what inspires you might not inspire someone else. Mm -hmm. You're on your own path. You have to decide what's right for you and, and you'll hear something at the right time and think that's exactly what I needed to hear to move forward today. Mm -hmm. So having that and I take action every day, whether it's to research, you know, tools and techniques for youth that's empowering them or whether it's connecting with like-minded entrepreneurs like yourself, you know, via different social media and just something that I really love that I've sort of learnt in the last few years is giving back. I think I've taken so much of my life, you know, as young people, you're constantly taking resources, you know, money and time and things from older people. But as I get older, I'm learning it's important to give others encouragement, to give back and and tell others they're doing a good job or, yeah. you know, even if it's a little emoji with like a thumbs up, I just think it's important to, yeah, to give back and, and connect with like-minded people to grow. Yeah. Love that. Where can like-minded people come and connect with you? Perfect. Yeah. So I've got my page. So Anna Kaczynski, I have a crazy Polish last name, so you'll know <laughs> it's me on there. And I've also got, you know, you can email me, so Anna Kaczynski at gmail.com if you've got any questions or anything you'd like to, you know, ask me about for coaching or workshops. And, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram as well. So, yeah, if you're interested in any themes or have any questions about things, I'd love to hear from you as yeah. well. But um, thank you so much for the opportunity to share my story. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm really, really... Um... I mean, I could talk to you all day. I, I, I could talk to you all day. There's, there's so much I, I, I still feel like I'd like to um, ask you about. Um, so, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for your time. If you can share your social media profiles within the comments, would that be helpful? So then people can go mm -hmm. directly to them um, and your podcast Definitely. as well. Share that within there. And, um, yeah, would you like to leave our viewers and our listeners with a final thought from yourself? Mm. Yeah, I, well, I wrote down some notes <laughs> to prepare for today because I'm a bit of a nerd like that. But yeah, so go after what you want because everyone deserves to feel like a world champion when they achieve their goals. Mm. Everyone deserves to feel like a world champion once they've achieved their goals. Love that. Love it. Well, have an awesome, awesome Thanks. week. Thank you so much for joining um, and I hope that we will we, we'll speak again very soon, won't we? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, Ryan. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. Thanks for checking in. Bye.